Hey gang, it's John. Thanks for listening to another episode of Deep Dive. We are welcoming back Hall of Fame Go-Go's drummer Gina Shock to talk about her solo album from 1988, House of Shock. Now, Gina was on almost exactly a year ago. She was so sweet and so nice, and we really hit it off. And I thought, I wonder if she'd come back and do a deep dive with me. And I thought she would pick a Go-Go's album, but she went with House of Shock, which is great. Now, she only put out the one album in 1988. It had a mild hit on it called Middle of Nowhere, which is great. This was a band, a band. It's mainly her and Vance DeGeneres. You remember him? That's Ellen's brother. He was also on The Daily Show. Anyway, the stories are great. We kind of breezed through the album, to be completely honest. What we also spent a lot of time talking about is she, her taking care of her parents in the last years of their lives. And as you know, I lost my dad to COVID a couple of years ago. And so we're talking about how difficult it is to move on and what, what you throw away and what you keep. And what does that mean? If you throw away things that were your parents, are you weakening or cheapening their memory? Or are you moving on too quickly? It's really, really difficult. And it got really emotional. I did this conversation the same day that I did Sean from... Um, the Soup Dragons, and that was emotional too. It was just a heavy day. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this. I loved it. Gina's great. And uh, (laughs) what sucks though is that this album is really hard to find. Now, I don't collect vinyl. I have no idea how easy it is to find on record, but as a CD, it's really difficult to find. So good luck. Are you still, I mean, last time we talked almost a year ago, you were having problems with your hand and not able to drum. Are you able to drum yet, or are you still oh, having yeah. these issues? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I'm starting to, yeah, I, I've been doing little things here and there. So I I did a, a couple songs for David Bowie's birthday in Philly mm-hmm. uh, with a band called Low Cut Connie. Nice. And um, I had a great time. Um, yes, I can play. Now okay, all I have good. to do is worry about my shoulder, but I think I'm okay. Okay. I'm pretty strong. I've been playing a long time and yeah, you I just um they put like a they put uh well they Dr. Shim put uh, a little bit in here to keep my thumb from going. Oh, <laughs> when I started rehearsing with the band, um we were getting ready to her- to rehearse and my thumb just sort of died on me and I had to oh Oof. god then it, then then began the whole process of of finding out that my thumb was really screwed and um I needed surgery. So I got a great doctor in LA to do the surgery and, um, and it's been fine. Good. Good. Back at it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Right. And we had a good time last time. And I thought, I wonder if Gina would come back and talk about anything. I don't care what album she picks. And you wanted to go with house of shock. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, when you and I talked a year ago, that album was not on Spotify at the time. It is now. I don't know what is happened. It? Yeah. I don't know what happened in the last year, but it was, it was pretty rare before. When I got ready to talk to you, I had to find the songs on YouTube. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Wow, good. I'm glad it's on Spotify. It should yeah, be. It should be. And it recent. I just looked this up today. If you wanted to buy a copy of of um, this album on CD, it will only cost you one hundred and thirty four dollars. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy a couple copies for myself. <laughs> you know, I I have you know when you get a bunch of the LPs or you get the CDs from your record label, however many you get, they give you twenty or whatever. I have given I have given them all away. I have like one copy of, of the uh-huh. LP and I have I think one copy of the CD. Really? So it kind of sucks. Yeah, I wish I hadn't given them all away. I know. Um, well, they're rare. It's uh, you know, it's just kind of a lost classic in a lot of ways. Yes, thank you. I uh. 
this was a great first record, you know. Yes, I was, it was. I was poised, poised and ready to do my second um, album when the rug got pulled out from under me with the record label, and kind of sucks, man. So there would have been a second album. You were ready. Oh yeah, that. I was writing. I was already writing for the second album. Yeah, and my wow. um my A and R guy at Capitol at the time was a fellow named Tom Wally, and Tom um started uh, or was one of the original guys at Interscope. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and because um, Tom said, "Gina, I have this new record label I'm starting to work with. Me and Jimmy Iovine. It's uh-huh. going to be called Interscope." He had got his walking papers from Capitol. Uh, you know, they were bringing in all new people. The president got fired. He, Tom was the head of A&R, who signed me after just uh-huh. one show, which was really fucking cool. And uh, he was getting fired, and he gave me the choice of, um, you know, do you want to you want to stay on and see what happens with the next group of people that come in, or do you want me to, to let you go? And I was like, please let me go. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'd rather be a free agent than be a, a, a tax write-off. Yeah. Good point. Because we all know if you're at a label and your folks go, you know, the new people that come in, they want to have, they want to bring in their fines, the people, exactly. that you know, that they're trying to push. And if somebody's already there, it's like, they didn't have anything to do with you. They don't give a shit. So yeah, that's sort of what happened. And then I got fed up with the fucking business. And then I decided I just wanted to really write, become just a serious writer and, and, and concentrate yeah. on my writing skills for, for, for years. Well, and that worked out. I wondered if, so let me, you may have seen this. If you go on allmusic.com and you look up this album, the very first line of the review says, this album has record company interference written all over it. And I wondered if you, if that's accurate, was this album sort of taken from you and produced out um, by outside people? Do you feel, do you take ownership of this album or does it feel like it's a product of a company that you can't relate to? Um, no, not, not completely. Uh, yeah, there was interference, but I, you know, this is my first solo record. I, I have nothing to go from. Um, I'm learning as I go. Although of course being in the go-go's I, but that was when I was in a, I had other people, I had a group of people with me to help make decisions. And with this, it was just Vance and myself and, um, and we were good partners, but, um, yeah. Um, you know, when we brought in Chad Sanford to mix stuff uh, and, you know, work on a couple of songs, that was because it was necessary. That was my choice, actually. Mm. Um, so that wasn't the record label. I wanted a better sounding production on some songs. Okay. Um, but yes, the record label did have a lot of input. And I think it's because it was my first record mm. and they wanted to make sure that or, you know, that they did their best. That being said, I'm I'm proud of this first record, and and totally. you know what, Middle of Nowhere was a, a really good song and a really good, it was a great single, and I'm um you know I think that was a real I mean that should have been but you know uh, there's a few should have been on there well, yeah well I mean it got on I remember when it first came out it got on it was on MTV and medium rotation mm-hmm. and then the takeover happened and then there's no money to promote the record and you're you're fucked and yeah. we were like already. We were rehearsing and starting to do like a little West Coast tour. We did like three or four shows. Money got pulled out from under us. And then that was kind of it. And so Tom said to me, Gina, why don't you just start writing stuff, writing, writing, writing. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can work things out here, but it didn't. And so Mm. everything fell apart. Now, Middle of Nowhere, like you were saying, got some play on MTV. And I believe it's on the Bull Durham soundtrack. Yeah, it got on a Bull Durham soundtrack, um, which was um, probably Tom Wally pushing for that because I was Tom Wally's find. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, 
Tom, I think, had high hopes for me. He wanted to sort of, you know, work on me being a better everything, being a better, you know, front person, being a better writer, being everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're constantly learning. And I'm the first one to say I'm not the best at this or I'm not the best at anything, mm-hmm. but I sure as hell I'm trying all the time. And I mm-hmm. and I'm always willing to learn and work with people uh, that I respect and, and try to learn from them. And so Tom knew I was open to all of that. And he mm-hmm. was really good with me. I, I had nothing bad to say about Tom Wally, just to the folks that took over. I, uh, you know, okay. That's whatever. what I wondered um, too. And, 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 and the fact that Tom and David Berman, who was ahead of the company, they knew they were on their way out and there was only so much they could do. So, you know, okay. uh, but, but, um, you know, this record's pretty damn good. Um, yes, it is. And in 1988, that's when Belinda hits big with Heaven on Earth. Jane's yes. got fur that's got Rush Hour on it. Yours comes out. I was wondering, too, if this was a situation where the label is saying, we want to be in the Go-Go's business. We want, And they're making promises to you about it being, there being like maybe a renaissance or the time is right. We want to be in the Gina Shock business. We're going to make this happen. And then all those people leave and the new people come in and nothing really gets done. Not to the level you were probably promised. Well, no, I mean, like I say, we were ready to, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, look, while you're out, while you're are promoting your record, you're already starting to line up people. You're already starting to get songs to for the next record. Good you point. know, how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's like when something starts taking off a, li- a little bit, even, um, and people have high hopes for you at the label initially. The first thing you want to start doing is you're on the time that you have off, you start writing, mm-hmm. which I, which Tom encouraged me to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I okay. was doing when, when this all went down. How does the relationship with Vance begin? Were you friendly? Was it introduced to you by Tom or someone else? No, I'm trying to think how I did meet Vance through friends of friends of maybe somebody I was writing with or something at the time, because, okay. you know, as when the Go-Go's first began, I wasn't a songwriter really, but I uh-huh. learned quickly that uh, financially it's a good idea. And of course I always aspired to be a good songwriter. I aspired, I saw a video of me like in 82 saying, you know, what do you want to do? I said, Oh, I want to be a producer. I want to be a good songwriter. And so those were things that I aspired to. And I got my ass on it uh-huh. and um, you know, spent time working with other writers because I I'm, I can't do it all myself. I, and I like my history shows that I like working with people. I like yeah. being part of a group. I don't want to be a solo anything unless you force me to do it, then I'll do it. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I like being, I like the input of other people. Yeah. I feel for me, that's how I grow and get better and better and better. You know, you mentioned earlier, Chaz Sanford, <laughs> Richard Goddard, was the primary producer on this, right? Yes, Richard. And he yeah, had been, yeah. obviously, you knew him from the Go-Go's days. Why did you feel you needed to bring in Chaz? I thought if anyone um, knew how to produce a Go-Go, it would be Richard, no? Because we, uh, well, Richard did, he did a, a great job at, um, you know, picking out the songs, helping choose what songs were going to go on there. Um, mm. He's a great songwriter, as far as I'm concerned, primarily a songwriter. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he produces, but I, I think his true gift is his songwriting interesting um um uh, you know yeah i guess i got a lot i got a lot of nerve to say that but you know well uh actually uh tom wally came to me and they had picked out the label had picked out i think like three three songs or something that uh that they thought could be singles hmm. and he he 
had brought up, let's go in and, you know, what do you think about doing a remix and a little, you know, and I was like, yeah, I, I would definitely, cause you know, when you, when you get, when the songs are chosen that are going to be singles, you, I, you go in usually and do a remix. Sometimes you bring in other, other producers or other just mixers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, Chaz was a badass cause he had written, um, um, what you call it for Tom Waite. Missing you. John Waite, not Tom Waite. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. oh, and it was like, you know, Chaz, well, great songwriter, great yes. producer. So, um, yeah, I thought this was a match made in heaven. And so we went in and redid songs and, you know, added some parts and sat in and, and, and did the production as best we could. And I thought it turned out, you know, it was good. Yeah. I did too. Um, I get the impression that you and Van, it may have been your name. You were the name, bigger name, but it seemed like you and Vance were a true partnership. Um, was it like that or were you sort of still the holding most of the cards or was it pretty 50 50 at that point? Uh, yeah, I was definitely holding most of the cards because I had come from a hugely successful band. Yeah. So that's really the bottom line there. And we okay. got the record deal. I'm sure we got the record deal on my name, not Vance's. Do you know what sure. I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm most sure that the record labels came to see house of shock because of me, but right. Vance, uh, as far as, you know, his input and his, you know, his song, all of his abilities, I a hundred percent welcomed because, Mm-hmm. I'm all about 50-50 everything. Sure. I like everything split evenly, and I I like to, as I said, I am open for, for any sort of input, uh, songwriting-wise and, uh, you know, okay. in, in, in every aspect of, you know, of yeah. the, although I did have an idea for the album cover, and I brought my friend Mike Michael Dowd in to do it. He was a Grammy What was the idea? Woman. Tell me about it. Wait, I'm just trying to think. We took this photograph, and then Mike did this. Uh-huh. Mike Dowd. Michael Dowd, he, you know what? He was a, a dear friend and um, he was around in the punk days. And Mike, he did a really iconic album cover for Led Zeppelin. Was it Physical Graffiti or Houses? Physical Graffiti, was that the one where uh, it was all the windows? You, you opened it yes, up. Yes, Physical Graffiti. Yes. Mike did that album cover, which was fucking really how incredible. Was that album cover? Okay. No That's kidding. one. One of many album covers that Michael Dowd did. He also won a Grammy for um, Rick Springfield's album. With the dog on the cover. Yeah, um, working class dog or Yeah, I think I think Mike won a Grammy and he was up for uh up for and of course on our on our first album, um on on the Go Go's album, Beauty and the Beat, he was up for for a Grammy for that cover as well. Oh, I didn't realize. Same guy did all that stuff. Wow. Oh my god, Mike was a genius. And unfortunately, Mike Mike passed away in the nineties, and that was a great loss. Oh, he was a wonderful guy. Oh, wonderful man. And so, so creative and so smart. And yeah, that was a terrible loss to, to everyone. I think. Wow. Um, Bummer. Yeah. Great, great, great guy. Good. So the songs that became the album, tell me the time. So is the timeline here, you advance pair up, you start writing songs together. You take them to a label. You say, we think, can we get a deal? Cause we have something here. And then they're demos or is, something else happening first the way that this worked oh my god i forgot marshall crenshaw sang on a couple of my songs what i love marshall crenshaw i do too we marshall and his band open for the go-go's and so uh and um richard had i think produced one of his records and so we i just see here that marshall came in and sang backing vocals on middle of nowhere and a song called this time yeah no way I did not know that. I love him. He's been on here twice. I forget. 
I forgot about him. It's hard to uh, honestly to find the background information on this album because it's so kind of rare. So I don't know who's playing what or anything. I've been Googling stuff and I don't have a hard copy to read the liner notes. Oh man, it's so cool to have the hard copy. I love it. Yes. We, oh, and I asked great. to get the old I asked to get the old yeah. um, rainbow. The old um, the label, the rainbow label, capital label. You know, I yeah. love that. I remember as a kid, Capitol Records, this that yes. label really stood out to me yes. uh, as a kid. But uh let's see. Uh yeah. Okay. Now did Vance do any background vocals? Because they're oh, yeah, that's yeah, a... yeah, 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 yeah. Vance okay. said sure. I didn't know if he was yeah. also a singer too. Oh yeah, Vance sang. He did he did he, he played bass and did backing vocals. And of course I did the lead and, and whatever backing vocals and, and played drums on the record or on several of the songs, but uh because I wanted the drums um, were not gonna be your primary focus. No, you know, with this whole the way this whole House of Shock thing came about. When the band broke up, I tried doing some work with Kathy and we did a couple of things, but I think musically we weren't connecting to be honest. And, uh, we went our separate ways and, um, you know, I was bursting with ideas and, you know, playing guitar and just, just really, just really spreading out. And I wanted to continue, but I didn't want to, I, I couldn't have been a session player because that's, it's not, that's not my fucking DNA, man. It's not who I am. Um, and so I tried to put a band together and Vance came into the picture and we started writing and, uh, got some other players. Miles Copeland managed me, managed, what? took over management. Wow. Really? So Miles was the head of IRS. And then yep. when this came down, uh, I think we, we, we did a rehearsal at probably SIR somewhere. I don't know where and invited miles over and he liked what he heard. And mm. so then he started managing house of shock. Okay. So that was good to have somebody like miles managing us, you know, no kidding. Um, because when we did, um, when we did our one and only show to try and get a record deal, all the labels were there. And I was like knocked out the minute that Tom Wally was like, yeah, I want to sign mm. this band, mm-hmm. you know, one show. I, 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 re- I say that all the time, but it's kind of amazing that we did one show and got a deal. No kidding. So when Middle of Nowhere is out there, and it's, like you were saying, kind of medium play on MTV, you're yeah. probably occasionally hearing it on the radio. Um, was the plug pulled during the rise of that song? Because it Yes. Was there a second single? Did it, did, could it have kept going if the plug hadn't been pulled? Oh, yeah, it could have it kept going, for sure. For yeah. sure it could have kept going. I mean... That's got to be uh, so frustrating for you. Well, there, there were. There's a lot of good songs on there. I know. I like that song. Where love goes, that's a good one. Yes. Song, oh, never be enough. That was. Um, yeah, never be enough. Wow. Uh, that I think might have might have going to be the second single because Chaz was came in to reproduce that and mix it. Chaz did that. Really? Uh, besides Middle of Nowhere. So that shows you that that was definitely something they were thinking might be a, another single. Yes. Yeah. Um, I hear several singles on here. So let's go in order. Okay. So we talked about Middle of Nowhere. Just a Dream. Um, there's, I love, the, I don't know if it's, I'm not a musician. I think it's called The Bridge. Somehow I wish you knew that when you start kind of, when you sing in that other, I love that part. That's my, that's one of my favorite parts. Plus there's a great kind of heavy guitar riff in the song 
Are you and Vance kind of in a garage somewhere collaborating? Are you writing and taking him your ideas? How does it work? Yeah, no, we're sitting together and we're hashing it out. We're sitting together. Vance is probably on guitar. I probably have a little uh, guitar, but I'm not that I'm a, you know, a great guitar player, but I can uh-huh. write if I have to. <laughs> uh-huh. But to be honest with you, 90% of the time, I, um, Penny, stop that. <laughs> 90% of the time, John, I was writing with a guy, except on this record, I did write with Chrissy, Chrissy Sheps, um, and they usually played an instrument. And oh. so I sort of was, uh, you know, I'll work, I'll work primarily on lyrics. And um, I mean, this was kind of my baby. So, yeah, I'd say that, that um, I, it, so I wrote, I, with this, I wrote really the lyrics and the, and the melodies. And, and whoever I worked with probably did the majority of the music. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I love that one too. Just to Dream sounds like it could have been a single as well. My favorite song on the album, I think, is the next one, Walk in My Sleep. And I think I like it because it's got this kind of like a reggae uh, yeah. rhythm in the in the chorus. I love that part. Yeah. This, you know, uh, Vance is Ellen DeGeneres' sister, uh, brother, right? Yep. And he's from New Orleans. And the, I can't think of her first name, but the girl that helped, that helped write this song, Walk in My Sleep, she was from New Orleans. And I think Vance brought in the idea of that sort of flavor. And I was like, yeah, let's go for that. I like it. Feels good. Good yeah. groove. Let's go for it. Um, yes. And that's how that sort of came about. I love and, it. Uh, there's a real yeah. kind of liquidy. The guitar sounds very liquidy. And there's a great bass solo, which I assume is Vance. Yes. Is he, Vance so he's always the bassist. Is he sometimes the guitarist too? No. Okay, just bass. He played. No, he played bass. He could play guitar, but but okay. uh, no, he usually was on bass. Yeah, and there's an interesting. It's not a cowbell, but there's some kind of a bell sound going on in the background every now and then, like this accent. I don't know what I'd it is. I have to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Love and. Ret- I should have listened to the record before I talk to you. You know what? Fucking stupid, man. Because then <laughs> I could really get get into it. I'm trying to remember stuff, and uh, <sighs> oh, that helps. Sometimes it's yeah. funny. I've had people out here who have done that and some who haven't. Some of them listen to it while we're talking. Like Rupert Hine was on here and we did a fix uh-huh. album. And he was like, oh, I can't remember. And so he plays it. He, you know, he's listening to it. And then he remembers, pulls up his memories and we talk. It, people do all kinds of things. I mean, it's I've I've taken tons oh, of it notes. Starts out with the, it starts out with drums, doesn't it? Uh-huh, I think it does. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good groove. Stephen Fisher, the drummer, Stephen is New Orleans too, from New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. So it made sense for him to play that groove. Yeah. I mean, I wanted uh, Stephen to play on the record. I didn't want to cut him out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because I played drums. So. so, in return, starts out with this really beautiful piano intro. It's an outlier yeah. on the whole album. Who's whose idea was that? And who's playing the piano? Are you you're not a piano player, are you? No, that was um that was uh that was probably Greg Mangiafico. Ah. Greg. <laughs> yeah. And two two uh Char- Charles 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 Judge. These were session guys, right? Uh-huh. And I think it was Greg that played the piano. I think Charles was more like synth stuff. Okay. Okay. Because it's a really, it's an outlier on the rest of the album. It's very out of character, but it's so beautiful. And I wonder too, um, when you go in, you're not, you hadn't been a front woman up to this point. 
you probably yeah. sing to yourself or sing backing vocals on go-go songs when when you go into singing a ballad like this do you when you're not the normal singer do you prep differently do you drink tea do you get a better well, yeah, night's entire, sleep what do you do the entire time that i'm in the studio singing i've got a cup of hot tea okay to keep your vocal cords and uh lubricated you know um oh. and a um, um a humidifier you know okay. going because you know you want you, you want you don't want your cords to get dried out like on tour we all had humidifiers in our room because you know hotels are the air's dry in there so yes that's what i would do and of course i, I would practice um my exercises my vocal exercises before before i would go in to do before i went in for the day to sing mm. primarily to uh make sure that my voice could hold out for for you know to do a whole record to do a whole tour you know because I, I i didn't have problems hitting notes or anything like that but um i didn't want my voice to give out on me and i see yeah, that was that was the my always my concern. I don't want my voice to give out on me. I think probably that's most vocalists on tour is their is their biggest worry, you know, mm-hmm. that their voice they shred their voice, you know. Right. Um, were you a smoker by any chance? Yeah, yeah you I were. Was. Okay. But not not like a real smoker. I think I in my twenties I smoked a little here and there, but not so much. Because smoke, some people smoking gives them the voice they want, and some oh, people smoking yeah, takes no. away the yeah. voice they want. I'm no Joni Mitchell, no, <laughs> um, no. But I, you know, I probably wasn't smoking during this period of time because okay. it would, okay. would have uh, sort of go against the grain of what I'm what I was trying to accomplish. I don't think that would have been a smart idea. So, knowing me, I probably you know wasn't smoking then. Okay, but I I, I didn't smoke all the time back then. I was just occasional. Okay. Um, and, Love and Returns, that, that song, um, I forgot, I wrote that um, by myself, and that was just what I was feeling. Really? Uh, just in a ballad mood. Yeah, okay. yeah, and it was, um, I just sat down with an acoustic and wrote it. And I remember, I didn't, I, I had written it, like 90% of it, but I wasn't, I didn't have the chorus completely worked out. And that took me months to work out. I really? actually remember, I think I, I actually worked on it for a minute with Charlotte, like to see if she could help me get a better course, but it, it wasn't uh, better than what I came up with. So I wound up doing what I, what I had worked on. And that's mm-hmm. what you hear on the record. Um, um, most of the songs have really, in fact, um, love and return and where love goes and never enough for that matter, have really good backing vocals on it. Is it often you double tripled or is it, Outsider, are there outsiders coming in? Band members, um, who's doing it? No, I, I am. I usually <clears throat> usually doubled all the choruses. You double okay. the chorus usually to thicken it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Chrissy, our guitar player, Chrissy Shep, she sang backing vocals on everything, okay. and, and Vance did. Um, okay. And uh, so, so that that helped thicken up. I, I'm looking. I'm looking here, and I see that we did bring in Meg. Bellissimo, additional backing vocals on Seems Like Forever, Walk Away, and Love and Return. Hmm. We brought in the pro for that. <laughs> for those I don't songs. even know who that is. Pro. Okay. But I, I guess thing. she was, uh, you know, at the time she was a, uh, you know, background in singer demand, for hire. Background singer, right. You know, like um, Cheryl Crow was at one point, you know. That's so right. Yeah. You never know. You mentioned the guitarist a second ago. This, uh, this song, Love and Return, has a really good guitar solo 
that almost sounds like it was it could have been a guest or something is that was it chrissy is that who you said the name of the guitarist yeah, was chrissy, is that her chrissy, doing that yeah. guitar solo okay yeah that's chrissy chrissy's playing guitar on this whole record great guitar player man yeah. great guitar player. she actually almost was in heart really she almost joined heart at one point okay um well, she was a great guitar player and a, a really good songwriter, you know. Um, yeah. How'd you get connected up with her? I don't remember. Oh, just met along And I'm going to tell you why, because at that point in time, I was I was meeting so many musicians and songwriters, um, always trying to, you know, look for the magic pill. Did you find mm -hmm. somebody else that's magic, somebody that's golden, somebody that's going to be your other, another Vance? Or, so I was always meeting a lot of people. and. Chrissy was someone that I met along the way. I don't know how yeah. I first met her. Vance could probably take because Vance got a better memory than I do. <laughs> well, it's interesting <laughs> you met Hart. You you mentioned Hart because Where Love Goes, the next song. That song to me sounds like something Hart might have done at that time, or well, this, a band like this, maybe Mister Mister or something. No, well, the Where Love Goes uh, was another one that was killing me. Um, I wrote that with a girl named Cher. I think her name was Cher Zero. She's a good little songwriter. Uh, Shay, Shay, Zero. She's a Shay, friend of ours. not Cher, Shay. Yeah. Oh. That's so funny. She's a friend of mine. Well, she she's one of our listeners, and she and I have gotten to know each other pretty well. She lives in Utah. I'm gonna see her next Does time I'm she? in town. Her husband just died of cancer like a week ago. Oh, no. A week oh, or my two God. ago. Yeah. Give her my regards, would you please? I will. That's so interesting you say that. She's she's told me how I think she's still pretty good friends with Kathy. And so she uh -huh. mentioned that you guys go way back. Wow. So tell me again what Shay had to do with this. Well, her and I wrote this song together. Um, just looking at the lyrics. I had no idea. She wrote Where Love Goes with you. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is a good song, too. Yes, Ooh, I love that it's song. A beautiful it's really song, epic. man. Really beautiful. You know something, John? I am really a ballad writer i love ballads I, I gotta tell you the truth i go from one extreme to another i like like yeah. really hardcore shit i love like you know madison and but i love ballads yeah i can write ballads ballads come to me very easily that's kind there's of nothing. surprising that is surprising from you and there's yeah. good ones on this album yeah i love them i they're like i said they're very you know it's easy for me to write in something that i sort of sort of discovered as as being a songwriter and, and getting better at my craft is that i tend to lean towards writing country melodies really Pop. why melodies. Why do you think that is but i don't know but i'll tell you one thing when i was a kid and i started playing drums and you know and then i you know and then the go-go's happened and i would bring home songs that i was writing and all my mom i'll never forget she said gina you sound like you should be a country singer I guess because my voice has character or something. I could I don't see know. that actually. You know what? I you saying that your voice could do that. I could see that. Yeah, and yeah. My, my mom would be like, you know, you definitely could be a country singer. Mm -hmm. And uh, geez, this is a beautiful song. Oh, my God, I love that song. Yeah, forgot about this. Forgot yeah. about all of them until they're happening right now. <laughs> so this time, the next one. So Marshall's on background vocals on here. This time, you. I'm telling you because you may or may not even remember. It's a lot more poppy, and your voice sounds really good in this one as well. And I wondered if you had to recreate this album right now. Well, if someone came to you and said, "We want you to go on tour, performing House of Shock, start to finish," how much lead time would you need to be ready to do that? 
I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'll tell you one thing. I'm getting ready to do some shows. I'm going to start playing and, and playing drums and singing. I'm doing a show at the Hard Rock back in Baltimore later. Maybe it's March or maybe it's even this month. I don't fucking know. But I have a band assembled already. And we've started rehearsing uh, back in Baltimore. And we're going to do um, Middle of Nowhere. So I need to, Good. you know, get on that. Fuck, hello? There. I'm here, um, I'm here. But I'm thinking my, I want, I would probably want it to be a little bit more uh, guitar heavier. Mm. Mm. Um, lose the keyboards completely. Mm. And, um, you know, chunk it up with a guitar. Nice, rich. Yeah. Les Paul stuff with a tele on, telecaster on top of it. And, yeah, there uh, you go. I think I, I can't wait to get into rehearsal and see what we do with Middle of Nowhere. I'm going to also, when I do these shows, I was like trying to, I'm sitting here with Wendell yesterday. And we're trying to pick out what songs I'm going to do, start rehearsing. And I thought, you know what? I should do some of the songs I wrote for other people. So I'm going to do um, this song Breakout that was Miley Cyrus, her album, um, the title track. And I'm also going to do one or two songs from Selena Gomez's album. You have to. I was, you have to yeah, do that. And yes. Because I was like, you know, at first, John, I sat down, I'm like, what am I, what songs am I going to do? And I was like, Jesus, I got a lot of songs I've written. I can, I have, I can choose what I, you know, and then I'll pick some go-go songs and I'll uh. pick a couple go-go songs that I wrote. So I'm at 10 right now and I'm, I can keep going. I don't know. Anyway, yes. So it's going to be interesting to see how these all work out. And I'm going to put some songs in there that, um, that I did in a band called K5, which I did in the nineties, mm. the late nineties which was really good. I don't I think I even it. know about K5. Oh my God. There's a video out of me playing in Hollywood when we did a show. K5. Who's in K5? Would I know anyone? Uh, no. Okay. No, we would not. Um, Mike, oh, Mike, Mike Fasano, drummer. Mike was my, the uh, uh, drummer in the band. Mike plays okay. with, who's he playing? He plays with somebody that's on tour right now. Mikey, Mike Fasano. Yeah. Uh, he played drums in the band. Who else? These were folks that nobody knew. Okay. No, they were just okay. musicians and sure. that I brought into the picture to do something more. You know, I had a, I was writing a whole lot. I got a lot of God. I have so many songs. My God. Uh, anyway, um, so I'm going to do some songs that I've already written. You know, back then, and some new yeah. ones that I have written. So you know, there's yeah, it's tough to figure out what ones to do. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to do middle of nowhere. Maybe another one off of here. I don't you should pull know. a couple off these. So one other thing, I, you saying this, I'm really, when was the last time you sang in front of an audience? <sighs> Jesus, I don't remember, John. That's what I was wondering. I don't know. Yeah. It's been yeah. 30 years, probably. <laughs> That's why I was asking. No, you were saying, oh. no, no, no. Take it back. It was the late 90s. So. Okay, yeah, 25, 25 years. <laughs> it goes by quickly. Yeah, I wonder K5. if you still sound this way. Do you even know? I mean, no one sounds the exact same, but do you um, feel like probably my you've voice got some will of it? Be a little bit, my voice will be a little bit deeper. Might uh -huh. have to change keys and bring them down uh -huh. a little bit. That's usually what happens Like with all the go-go Everybody songs, does that. Bring it down a key or two for Belinda yeah, because your voice sure. changes and gets deeper. Um, you don't sing as high as you used to, but <laughs> I can still hit all the notes. Uh-huh. That's um, great. And I'm looking forward to getting st starting starting work with this. Um, Ooh. Man, Ooh, I want to see one of those shows. Um, 
Okay, we're seems doing like something we're... At, at at the Hard Rock, and and it's 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 a combination thing. It's a book signing, so I'll be oh, there and I'll nice. do it in conversation with, and then I'll play some songs, and then I'm going to do um, the Stone Pony in um, mm -hmm. in uh, Jersey, mm -hmm. and it's uh, you know it's I think it's like from twelve to three in the afternoon, sort of a, a lunch afternoon thing where I'll be signing books, doing another in conversation with, and then I'll play some songs at the end of it. Genius. Which is oh kind of good because then I can then I can really see where I am. This is sort of a little yeah. test of uh, you know how this band feels, how you know because these guys are good, yeah, and they're like really good players in Baltimore. You know, um, they're all local people that you kind of rec recruited to play with you. Yes, yeah. Wendell put out feelers, and sure. we got a lot of folks. We just we just sort of did some testing around in Baltimore, like. Who are the guys that do a lot of shows here? Uh -huh. Who who are the top session players here? And that's what we got. Oh, that's great. So Ooh, I'm, I'm I want to see one of these it. shows. I might have to fly to Baltimore to see one of these. That would be fun. Well, um, uh, where are you, John? Denver. Oh, fuck. Look, man, <laughs> I'll be doing something. I'll be, you know what? Something more is going to happen with this. I, I feel that I've got to do Good. more. Um, I'm, I'm excited to do this, you know, because it's yeah. been a while. By the way, um, if this is too personal, I'll cut it out. But you've been posting a lot of videos lately of you at your mom's house, I believe, in Baltimore. Yeah. Is yeah. she? Did she pass away? Is she? Are you just out visit? What's the story there? Both of my parents are gone now. Okay. I um, have told this story many times, but I, uh, my mom and my dad, when they both started failing um, with getting like Alzheimer's or dementia, not much difference between the two, actually. I. When I go home, I started to notice the change and a friend of mine said, Gina, you ought to get them out here with you. And I'm like, they're never going to leave. They, they came out here and they spent the last eight years or seven or eight years of their life with me at my home here in San Francisco. Really? And, um, you know, little did I know when I bought this house, it's a two story Victorian. And I always thought, wow, what am I going to do? This is a big, it's a lot of room here. And, um, mm -hmm. as it turns out, it worked out beautifully because I had my mom and dad downstairs. I had 24 hour care for them. And both my mother and father, a promise that I kept to them is that I would never leave you. I will be with you till the end. And I was. I was by uh, bedside with both of them. Oh. Oh, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. I hope it's okay that I ask these questions. Um, so is the house, is their house still <laughs> Sometimes there? it hits me. It's weird. It's, of course it does. I mean, of course. Yeah. Yes. Now, how long have they been gone? Well, my dad died in uh, 2020, 2021 in July, and my mom died uh, two years before that. Oh. Mom, my, they were married 72 years. and what? uh Yeah, 72 years. Dad was 96 when he died, and my mom was 92. And, oh um, yeah, so I was at their bedside both when they both passed, and they were here in my, in my home. It was good. Wow. They, so, um, anyway, I'm going back. You know, I've been – excuse me i have a brother and uh you know we have a house that my father built which you saw a video of down in uh -huh. on chesapeake bay we airbnb that house my dad built the house oh, with his own okay. two hands <laughs> my oh father my built our shore home and then we have a house uptown up in baltimore city and so um i've been trying to figure out what to do yeah and yeah. um do you have siblings and, 
So my and my brother. So my brother and I, okay. you know, we decided to Airbnb the shore home because it's mm-hmm. right on the water. Yeah. And uh, the house up in up in, up up t- downtown uptown uh uh hasn't been touched. So now this year I'm starting because I've just been so busy. I'm going to just keep going and taking stuff out and trying to get the place cleaned out. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I when I'm there, I feel so good. I never want to leave. It's the house I grew up in. Yeah. I when I go home, I sleep in the bedroom, in, really? in my bedroom that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and the shore home. We spent so much time there, and then the house on Forty Fifth Street. My parents bought that when they got married, and were there until I brought them out here to take care of them. That is so tough. Whenever I watch your videos, I can tell. I mean, it's a my mom. So my dad died of COVID a couple of years ago. And my mom, I know it's okay. And my mom obviously is still trying to kind of figure out what to do. And we've been cleaning out their house to some degree. Like what does she not need anymore? And it's been interesting. Maybe you can relate to this. She still has things in storage from when her parents uh, passed away, you know, old letters or papers or whatever, pictures and all this kind of stuff that she's been carrying around. And she's having a hard time throwing that away, let alone stuff that relates to her and my dad, my uh, her husband. Yeah. And because you realize if I throw this, I'm getting goosebumps and emotional too. If I throw this away, it's gone forever. It's gone forever. The memory, all I have is an intangible memory. All the evidence yeah. of this person having lived here and been here is gone. And that uh, feels so difficult to get rid of. Yeah. When Wendell and I, Oh my God, found love letters from mom and dad. We'd oh. be crying and crying, you know, um, of all these love letters. Wow. It's tough. It is. It's, yeah. uh, it's a process and how, what to do and what the right thing to do is and what you can live with and what you might regret afterward. Oh, it's just a lot. Oh my God, it is not easy. I'll tell you that. I'm going to freshen uh, up my lipstick here. <laughs> okay, go for it. Oh go God, it. John. Oh, it's so hard. It really is. I believe it. I believe it. Um, okay. But you know what? I'm going to take my time with that house and I might not sell it. I might just yeah. keep it, yeah. you know, even though it's just, we'll be sitting, but you know, we're doing a lot of work back East now and I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go. Who knows where I'll be in five years. You know, I hope I'm alive. Number <laughs> one, but uh, I think that I could wind up, you know, just keeping that place. I, I don't yeah. know. I know. I, I mean, because the, the, the house uptown, um, my dad, of course, because he could build anything, anything he wanted to do, he could do. He could put, I mean, if he could build a house from the ground up, uh, you know, an amazing, an amazing, brilliantly talented guy. So the house up in, in Baltimore has all of his handiwork. He redid mm. the entire house, you know, like oh. what was the basement, what was all concrete block. Is, was all he made it he put knotty pine everywhere and that was like that was where we that was the tv room that's where we hung mm-hmm. out you know and upstairs yeah. were the bedrooms and my father just did all that and then like the shore home besides building the actual structure dad built all of the furniture inside mm-hmm. all the lamps i mean it, there was nothing the guy couldn't do wow really, it's uh, yeah. it's interesting you say this because my i have an uncle who i was really close to and he passed away a few years ago and um my aunt, who I'm also really close to, gave me a, some of his chairs that he had in his office. And yeah. they have this really beautiful old purple kind of uh, burgundy velvet um, fabric on them. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And my wife, bless her heart, my wife wants to get them reupholstered and refurbished yeah. and stuff like that. And I understand that to a degree, but if I do, they if I do that, they just become chairs. And if I leave them the way they are with the old burgundy velvet on them, they're still my uncle's well, chairs. Is the, is the burgundy velvet falling apart or is it? Um, no, I mean, it's, it's old. It looks old and the chairs are starting to, you know, you have to be very careful kind of a ginger when you sit on them and stuff. Cause you don't want to break I want them. to show you, see, here's one of my dad. I of course bring this out here. Dad, we built out of, a lot of Adirondack chairs. Oh yeah. Oh, and you just have that right in the house. Oh, that's yeah. gotta be nice. He, he built two of them and I brought them out here. Of course, he brought he brought them out when they used to come to visit me. He brought them out in in, in the truck when he and my and mom uh -huh. and him would drive out here, and he had it like in pieces, and then he would put it together when he got out here. But yeah, Dad's had Adirondack chairs. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta hang on to that. You bet, you bet. There's a yeah. there's this incredible sofa um, that we've we have in the upstairs of of mom and dad's house that is really gorgeous it's it it that's we've had that sofa since i was a kid since i was probably two or three years old oh my and gosh i want to get that sucker reupholstered re because i mean that was made when furniture was made well mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. no particle no particle board in that sofa so i'm thinking about getting it reupholstered it'll probably cost a fortune but i don't fucking care <laughs> uh when you were talking about your dad building everything and turning, you know, kind of, uh, refurbishing the house. And I thought, yes, you know, if you, it's, if you sell the house to somebody, you can at least drive by and say, that was my old house, but they might change all the things. Exactly. Exactly. That make That's the, the thing. The house I know. unique I, to I mean, you. The thought of somebody pu fucking pulling that naughty pine down. It's so fucking cool looking. John. Yes. It's yes. awesome. You know, it looks yes. really neat. It's going out of style and come back, you know. It's yeah. very cool. Um, I get it. And like he built all the kitchen cabinets and everything. Oh Ugh. man, that's the problem. If I sell it, somebody's going to rip out Dad's anyway. They are. That I cannot stand. Oh, that I'm yeah. getting. That hurts just thinking about it. I'm yeah, with you on this, right? Gina. That is. Yeah. That would be super emotional. Um, okay, <clears throat> boy, that was an interesting turn. So <laughs> we got three songs left. Seems like forever. Uh, the rain seems like forever is the dominant so uh, line in the lyrics. Oh, well, never, never be enough. We thought was going to be the second single. Yes, you mentioned I, that earlier. Yes, yeah, I, I wrote that with song. Chrissy. Okay, that that song, never be enough. Mm -hmm. That Chrissy and I wrote that one together. Okay, and then this this time um, with 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 Vance. Yes, and then that's where seems Marshall like Crenshaw forever. shows up again. Yes, okay. Yeah. Seems like forever was written by Vance and somebody else. I don't know who that is because I can't remember. Oh, so you didn't write that song? I did not write Seems Like Forever and I did not write The World Goes Round. Vance wrote that one oh, by himself. Okay. It's interesting that you say that because The World Goes Around has a very distinctive rubbery bass sound in it. And I thought... Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Vance had to have sort of fought for this or put his foot down and said, I want... You know, this is my moment on here. But what's interesting is in The World Goes Around, there's also a really scuzzy guitar riff. There's some marimba, oh, yeah, it sounds like, maybe idea. in the background. Yes, so, that's There's a little that's bit of cool. everything going on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool, great sound, right? Yes. And it's I interesting, in World Goes Around, yeah. there's this line, it's not rapping, but there's this. There's a couple of parts where you have to kind of squeeze a lot of words into a couple yeah, of... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's almost oh, like proto rapping or something. It's great. Yeah. And you didn't write that one, okay? No, I didn't. But it was like 
you know, I had Love and Return that I'd written by myself. So Vance wanted to put one that he had written by himself. Sure. Absolutely, man, do it. Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. I just wanted to put the best songs, you know, the best that we could offer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this was it. That's great. I'm looking at all the people's names on on this record. Sheesh. Yeah. I don't remember half of these fucking people. I don't know. <laughs> so the last one, Walk Away, it's got this so such an 80s guitar rock intro. It sounds just like something, you know, Cinderella might have done. And I mean that as a compliment. It's not a knock or anything like that. Which song? What one? The very last one, Walk Away, oh, walk away. kicks off with these ve- with this very 80s <laughs> guitar rock introduction. Um, and then it's, and there's a, I wondered if that song was inspired by a particular relationship because it says walk away is, e- to walk away is easier to, e- it's easier to end that way. And I thought, what, now I know you've been say, stating all along what a diligent writer you are. Do you pull from like human your own personal yeah, human experience yeah. on a lot of this, like yeah, breakups way, and heartbreak? The way, the way that I write is um, they're all short stories, mm. and you got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay, yeah. to me, this is the way I write, and so I'll have an idea. Whatever's you know, I'll write things down. Whenever something strikes me, uh, you know, a line that'll keep going around, some saying or something, I write it down. And then I take that and start and then build from that. Um, but every one of these songs, there is some truth in every one of them. They start out from, you know, a seed of truth. And then I embellish. <laughs> mm-hmm. So not necessarily everything there is life, ex- my life experience or truth, yeah. but um, certainly the seed of it is. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, I mean, these are, but you know, I also, John, every, I believe like as a songwriter, as a musician, you got to have soul, man. You got to have soul. Your soul's got to be in everything. And that's the way I feel about drumming or playing guitar yes. or singing or writing a song. Yeah. It's got to come from, from your soul. It's got to be, that's where it's got to come from because then I think it resonates with everyone. People feel it. They know it's real. It's a true emotion. It's true to you and it'll be true to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the way I write. That's the way. That's what I want people. That's how I want to come across because that's the way I. It's the way. It's who I am. It's totally it's the way I work. It's dead on. That's exactly right. Um, do you know? Do you have any concept of how many uh, copies this album sold? Nah. Nah. It's too bad. It's maybe a hundred thousand or something. I don't know. Right, that sounds good. It. Yeah, uh, it deserves to be rediscovered. And like I said, it's super expensive to buy, but hopefully people will give it a stream or something like that. Do you know, do you know John, what I was thinking, I'd like to take make like middle of nowhere yeah. and fucking go in and mix it. Do a, do a, a you know, a 2023 mix. Yeah. I thought about that. That'd be fun. Yes. yes. But where to get the fucking masters from, uh, from capital. Ooh, yeah. Who has that? Capital still has well, that stuff? Well, it's universal. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could do that actually. <laughs> Would yeah, they let me do that? Would they? I don't know. That's something I want to look into, man. That would be fun to go in and do a mix of yes. that. Yes, it would. Oh yeah. God. I hope this album could get rediscovered. I was so glad you picked it because there's so much good here that is lesser <laughs> known that needs to be found again, you know? Yeah, I'm looking on the album. Um, yeah. Gina Shock, lead vocals, drums, Vance DeGeneres, bass, backing vocals. The house band, Chrissy Chefs, all guitars, 
backing uh -huh. vocals. Stephen Fisher, drums. Jim Biggs, keyboards, backing vocals. Additional yeah. production and mix by Chaz Sanford. Original production, Richard Goddard, 1988. Woohoo! Right. Capital. Uh, yeah. Oh, we were in the ping pong. I had ping side, pong side. We were playing a lot of ping, a lot of ping pong in the studio. We oh god, you know what? I just remembered speaking of studio, we uh -huh. recorded uh the majority of this uh at in the Capitol Records building, you know, and in the studio where the Beatles did their press conference. Really? And I remember when we were in there recording this, Bob Seeger was in another studio, so I got to meet him. Okay. That's a, I'm glad you mentioned this because I always try to remember to answer that and I was forgetting. Yeah, who else is in the studio when you're there? You see Bob Seeger in the hallways? Yeah. Yeah, okay, he was there doing that. something. He was recording. That would have been probably when, like a rock, maybe, or shakedown or this, something. Okay. This, if this came out, this is 88. So yeah. 87, 88. Okay. When did this come out in 88? I don't know. That would tell us when. The Spotify says January 1st, but I don't know if really? that's just anything. No. That, yeah, no. I don't. That doesn't yeah. seem right. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you one more question. If this is too personal or too touchy or whatever, you tell me. As I was saying earlier, Belinda's having a big year. Jane yeah. puts out her album. I don't know what the state of you guys' relationship is. Is there any competition going on, or is it kind of a mutual cheerleading thing happening for everybody? Um, no, it wasn't any, a cheerleading thing. I was really, really so upset with Belinda and Charlotte um, for breaking up the band in the way that it, that it went down. Jane had already quit. I guess she saw it coming. Or no, she wanted to go do her solo stuff, whatever. Um, that's the way it goes. Read the book. I have it all in my book. I, have, I read the book. I, I read it before we talked last year. I just didn't yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't happy. I didn't I didn't wish Jane, I was it was I was sort of indifferent to her okay. whole thing because, you know, I wished she had stuck around, but I, I felt like she wasn't being loyal. And loyalty is a big thing to me. Mm -hmm. And um, and Belinda and Charlotte, they that was just fucking horrendous. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, and uh, Kathy and I were sort of just knocked out by the whole thing. So that's why we started working together. But that, like I said, I don't think uh, musically we were, we were connecting. Mm -hmm. So that's why we go out and do our thing. So, no, when I, quite frankly, I wasn't interested or worried about what they were doing because I was so into my own thing. I was all yeah. house of shock, man. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm the fucking drummer in the band. Mm -hmm. I do one show and get a record deal. Hey, <laughs> Hey, that's pretty good. So yeah. that's what I was all about. You know, go yeah. team. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any room in, in my body and my brain to, uh, you know, wish anybody, Okay. you know, good. something not good. Something good. bad. <laughs> and remind me again, did you play any shows as House of Shock or was that Yeah, all we did some shows, did? yeah. Yeah, we did. On your own, shows. opening for somebody? What'd you do? No, we were doing clubs. Okay. We did a couple clubs up and down the coast here. Okay. As okay. I remember, yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 35 you know, uh... years ago. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, when all that went down, I was just so pissed off. I was so pissed off. Actually, now I'm remembering this. What 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 happened is I um after that happened, I was like, oh man, I can't believe this. I was so fed up. But then Miles came to me and said, hey, what about you and Debbie Peterson, the drummer from the Bangles? Why don't you put something together? So we started working and writing together, 
And Miles signed us to IRS. So we're going to put a record out. I worked on that for like a year and a half. And things did not work out. We actually got an Umberto Gatica, that producer. He was did Michael Jackson's record part of it. Um, the, the, uh, and, and so, yeah, that turned out not good because... That's a long story that I don't even oh, can even get into. But you, I did, did you and Debbie at least get along or no? I got along. I got along great with Debbie. It was when okay. I wasn't face to face with her that things went down that were ugly and shouldn't have been done. And that was the first time I ever walked away from a record. Oh. Never done anything like that. That record was half finished. And I was like, I'm not going to put up with this. So there are songs in a, in a can somewhere of you oh, and no, Debbie. So that- wait, so Miles, I quit. I fucking was like, I am done. I'm going to just be a songwriter. I don't want to do, look, look at these bands. Look, drive yeah. me fucking nuts. I went to New York and I just cleaned house, got a new manager, the whole thing, and got a publishing deal with MCA. Okay. A guy named John Alexander at MCA. He was in New York. John Alexander is the guy that discovered Alison Morissette, who I then wrote with. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah. You wrote with Alanis Morissette? Like on her huh? early Poppy album, you wrote with a lot when of she, no, When she first came to LA, I was a new songwriter for MCA. Yeah. I spent time in New York writing songs with a couple different people. And then I came to LA and I wrote songs with different people. And they sent Alanis Morissette over to write with and heard I wrote a song. It's a good song. I still have that in my crazy uh, hanging around here somewhere. And um, so. Uh, I, and then she, she, you know, he, John was sending it around to different writers, producers, yeah. but then she was scheduled to do a session with, um, Greg. I mean, with, uh, a Ballard, Glenn Ballard. Yeah. Glenn Ballard. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she did her writing session with Glenn and all, and nobody else ever wrote with her again. It yeah. was her and Glenn. And then she made that record. She went from writing with me and wanting to be like the new Joni Mitchell to this angry uh-huh. fucking want to uh-huh. kill everybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, this is—I what... am so excited for your shows because you need to tell these stories. Oh God, I have so many stories. See, and I when I—I I have to have somebody picking my brain for me to remember all this stuff. Uh-huh. The Bob Seger thing, I haven't. This is the first time I ever thought about that in fucking thirty years or whatever. Bob Seger, it's so <laughs> random and weird. But yeah, I remember meeting him, and I got his autograph for my cousin's wife because she was crazy about Bob Seger. Oh. oh man! <laughs> wow, wow! Was he nice? What a world! No kidding. What a Did world! Did you talk to him or anything? Just pass him. Oh all. sure, I don't remember what okay. I said, but I can tell you, I definitely talked to him. Was I? I liked Bob Seger. I remember seeing Bob Seger when I lived in sure. Baltimore at the Baltimore Civic Center. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love classic Bob Seger. That's good stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well. Uh, thank you for talking with me again, Gina. Sure. It's always, you're the best. And man, we got some stuff talked out that I wasn't planning on, but I feel better. Well, you know, yeah. You know, we should do this once a year and you we never should. know what's going to come out. Okay. <laughs> I'm always open. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, I need to write another book. You do. I need to, I need yeah. to have a, I need to do a movie. I need to do something more. There is so much. So, so much. And I forget about all this until I'm talking to somebody like you, John, mm-hmm. you know, or if I'm looking at my, you know, my accomplishments, you know, um, uh, all of which there seem to be many at this point in my life. Yeah. I'm, I am so grateful and 
I'm in a good place in my life. Uh, I just miss my parents desperately, but other than that, I'm okay. Yep, I know that feeling. I'm going to start getting emotional again if we yeah. don't stop it. All right, John, okay. I love you. This has been great. I love you too. Thank you, Gina. All right, there you have it, Gina Shock. Isn't she sweet? She's just the best. I love her. And I love that we're kind of friendly now, you know? And all that, I mean, the the it was almost like the talk about the album was secondary to the other stuff going on in her life. And things are heavy, man. Families are messy, and yet you love them, and what do you do? And anyway... This stuff is complicated, and so it was really sweet to talk with her, of all people, about that. Not just the album, but also real life. So, it was great. Anyway, um, I've got several, well, I've got two, or I've got two book clubs in the can, more being recorded. I've got, I'm recording another deep dive this week, and bonus material is just going to keep coming as long as Yan can do it. So, anyway, thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you on Tuesday.